gun Ramos looking like he's got one more good run Sips a little shaky But his heart is still true Oh how that dog loves hunting with me and you Sporting dog adventures run The Sporting Dog Adventures podcast is proudly brought to you by Soggy Acres Retrievers. Remember, everyone deserves a soggy dog. Welcome to the Sporting Dog Adventures podcast. I figured today we would talk about something that really kind of leads into the upcoming season arriving. And that is what to have along, or what I have along, for my dogs uh, for a med kit uh, when we go out in the field. And it is uh, something that having a kennel, I probably have more than most, Um, but I always try to cover everything, especially when I'm going into an area that does not have a vet that is readily available. And there were times when we had the TV show that we would be hours from a good vet. So you really had to have stuff that would make sure that you could provide care and take care of your buddies if something happened. Injuries that I've seen, um, I've had a dog run through a barbed wire fence and get about a six inch cut through her hide. She actually hunted all day, didn't even know, and uh, that was quite the mess. We found it at 10 o'clock at night in North Dakota. Uh, Luckily, we found a vet that was close that would open up for us, and uh, she was uh, stapled up. Um, I have had dogs get a variety of intestinal parasites uh, from drinking water, um, eating stuff, different things there. I've had dogs injure paws where they've cut pads. I've had dogs injure their legs where they pull muscles. There is just so many things that can happen because these beautiful, wonderful animals are so hard charging and they're willing to run through a brick wall or a cover patch that as people we probably wouldn't even make it through. So it's having the stuff along so that you can be there for them when they need help and and have stuff so that it it really works. So what I have, I'll start with medications. I always have cephalexin, which is commonly used for a surface infection, like if a dog gets uh, a, a scratch and it gets infected. I have amoxicillin, which would be used for many of your Um, more internal type of uh, infections like a swollen leg or or joint. I also bring along metronidazole. Metronidazole is great because it's an anti-diarrheal, and that will help when you have dogs that get uh, Giardia and some other issues from drinking stagnant water, eating animal feces, and doing what dogs do. So I have that stuff along. That's basically the minimum that I have for medications. I also bring something called Remadol or Carprofen. It's the same thing. One's a generic name. And that is a de-inflammatory, much like uh, Motrin is for people. You cannot use Motrin with dogs. It it will hurt them greatly because their bodies cannot process it. So I have Remadol or Carprofen along. And again, if you have an older dog, I would give them a... Carprofen or Remadol, talk to your vet about dosage, but I would give it to them before the hunt and one after. That'll really help with that uh, joint in muscle pain. And uh, then I will have along also their food. You've got clean water and you want to make sure they're hydrated. So what I do in the morning, if I'm going to take dogs out, 
and uh, they're going to be fed in the morning. If they're going to hunt fairly quickly, I don't give them a lot of food. If they're going to hunt two or three hours after you have them uh, up and out, I will give them probably about a third of their normal food in the morning, or maybe half. If, if I'm giving a dog four cups a day, I'll give them one cup in the morning, three cups at night. What I do with the food, though, is I put a bowl of water and then put the food in it. So the dogs want the food in the worst way. They will drink all of the water and you're making sure your dog is going to have quality hydration uh, for the hunt, which is really important because again, they will run until they fall over. So we want to make sure that we're one, being smart for them. We're monitoring them to make sure they don't overheat or that they're, they're not in harm's way. And then also being smart for them where we know they're hydrated and we have all of the protections for them. So that would be what I would have for my dog if I'm going on a big hunt and that I do have for my dog. So that, that would be kind of like your, your baseline for your medications. Um, after that, I will have non-stick gauze pads of all different sizes. I'll have a scissors along because I might want to cut one down and make it smaller. Um, I will have Neosporin. Um, I have a stapler and I used to have sutures, but I don't know. I would rather staple than suture. I have a, um, cordless uh, uh, shaver so you can shave the hair away if you need to actually staple something or suture it. Um, again, this sounds extreme, but if you are four or five hours away from a vet, many times you are your vet. Uh, when you have a dog that has a wound, it needs to be cared for within the hour if possible because otherwise what will happen is the edges start to heal and then you have to have a full operation. So if you can learn how to do this stuff yourself or at least get the dogs in a position where you can have them so they can wait to go to a vet, it'll really help you. So we've got our gauze, we've got our Neosporin. Um, there are some other products out there uh, that I can't remember the names, but they're they're great because they form almost like a, a, a bond over the, uh, uh, the, the wound. EMT gel is one. Um, I have something called Blue Coat, which is made for horses as well as, uh, as, well as uh, dogs. Um, it's a topical. Now, I use that for dogs that are going to be in a kennel but not a house. Reason being, if they lick it at all, it tastes bad. So it's great because it keeps them away from licking something. But if they get it wet, it can turn purple onto couches and surfaces. So you don't want to have, if you're in a hotel or your own house where you've got uh, a purple spot on your couch, uh, your wife will not, or husband will not be happy with you either way. Um, so I have that along for topicals. One of the things that I always have ample supply of is vet wrap. Vet wrap is, again, something that is generally in the horse section when you go to a uh, farm and barn type store. And it is great because it's a stretchy wrap, elastic wrap. It's, it's self-adhesive. It sticks to itself. And you can wrap it around <coughs> after you treat a wound and have it so that it doesn't come off. Uh, the other thing I'll have is tape so that I can uh, tape around the vet wrap. If the dog is going to be apt to pull something off or tape it onto the dog's fur so the dog can't pull it off. Um, and again, I didn't do a list for this, so we're a little over, all over the map. But hydrogen peroxide, you want to make sure, again, uh, you want to have a, a good surgical type soap or that you can use on your dog. So again, you can clean out any wounds. You can treat them uh, for infection, and then you can wrap it with gauze, and then your vet wrap, and then have tape along as well so that you're making sure the dog does not pull it off. Um, I know it sounds probably crazy, but I bring a cone along, the cone of shame. Uh, again, if I have a dog that is apt to lick something and hurt themselves doing that, I will put the cone on them. 
and have that along as well uh, so that you just have that at your disposal. Um, so we're basically at the point where you've got your gauze, you've got your, your vet wrap, you've got your tape, you've got topical to put over it, uh, you've got the antibiotics that you can give the dog, uh, you've got de-inflammatories. Uh, it's just making sure that you have that stuff and have enough so that you can have the dog set up so that they are not going to, again, be in harm's way. So keep that in mind while you are uh, planning out your trip. It is something that's going to greatly help you in the field. And always check your dogs over uh, at night after you're done with your hunt. If it's if you're going for a hunt only in the morning, check them over. My opinion on dogs on Upland, if you're going to hunt them hard, when guys ask how long their trip should be, I only go for three days because honestly, by the end of three days, the dogs are really raw as far as their face, um, their underbodies. Uh, it can really, really get them to the point where they're uncomfortable. So you want to make sure you're keeping that in mind. Um, if you have a, a female that has puppies, you want to get a, a type of a vest that will protect their undercarriage um, so that they, again, they don't uh, end up snagging or catching or rubbing raw anything that uh, is hanging a little lower because they've, they've had a litter. But keep all that stuff in mind so that when you're out there enjoying your dog and your dog is loving what they're doing and they're literally going to run themselves to death. You are in a position so that one, you're going to monitor it. Two, if there is a problem, you can help treat them. And at minimum, have them in a position so that when you get back to civilization, wherever that may be, you can get them the proper care that they need. So I hope that helps. It's a question I get from my clients often on what to have along um, with uh, when, when we travel. So that would be it. Uh, the other thing is make sure you have clean water so that the dogs, again, are hydrated. You don't just want to have them drink out of a lake or pond. Have a, a gallon of clean water that you fill up every day so that you can uh, make sure that they are, are good to go and, and they're ready for, ready for the day. So I hope that helps. Stay tuned for our training tip, which is going to be about duck hunting coming up after this. This portion of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Boucher Automotive in Janesville, Wisconsin. Duck hunting is here. It's only a week away for a lot of us. I'm so excited. Now, if you are going to take your dog out and waterfall hunt and you're going to have them in a blind, have you had them in that blind yet? You need to. And in fact, if you have a dog you're going to hunt on water and that blind is a raised blind, put it up in your yard so the dog can be on it. Or if it's a dog stand, put it up so the dog can be on it. When dogs first get on these things, they are shaking, they're scared, they don't want to be on them. I will actually put dogs in these dog blinds or, stand, or on stands and then have them retrieve bumpers out of them on the dry ground and then have them jump back up in. And then I'll put it in the water and do the same. You want to make sure that they are prepared when it's time to play ball. You want to make sure that the first time they see a blind, especially a raised one, is not in the morning when everyone's throwing out decoys, everyone's excited, everyone's talking, and the dog is freaking out because they are way excited for the hunt. Just like all of us, they get excited. Just like all of us, they can get scared of situations too. So get that duck blind out, put them in it a few times before you hit the field, and you're going to be glad that you listened to this podcast. I hope that helps for today's training tip. Now, 
Let's go to a duck hunting tip after this. This part of the podcast is brought to you proudly by Mech Outdoors. With duck hunting here, my biggest tip for people that are new to uh, calling and blowing on calls, go sit in a marsh and listen to the birds. I will tell you I have never heard a duck sound like a competition caller at one of the uh, world championships or even a local championship. If you hear ducks, you will hear a lot of quacking, single quacks, double quacks. You'll hear a few hail calls. That's about all I've ever heard. When there are large groups, you hear different stuff like feeding chuckles and, 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 and different uh, ways that they're speaking. But the majority of what I hear is very low-key, one quack or three quacks or a five quack. That will give you an idea of what ducks sound like. It's going to put you in a position to be more effective and also gives you less to practice. I will tell you I cannot do a feeding chuckle. I can do a hail call, which is meh, 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 meh. Five calls. I can do three. I cannot do a feeding chuckle to save my life, but I've killed a few ducks in my life. I focus more on just having quacks and also quieter quacks as the birds are, uh, are getting closer and not screaming at the birds. When I have birds that look like they've committed, I actually stop calling and just let them come in. The last thing I want to do is scare them with my poor duck talk so that I miss out on an opportunity. So that would be my hunting tip for the day. The time is near. I am so excited. I hope everyone is going to get out and enjoy duck hunting this year. Take care and thank you so much for listening to this week's podcast. God bless. Sporting dog adventures run, boy, run. Everything you need is here under the sun.